Hey y'all, welcome back to Cuffed and Corded. My name is Lish. TJ. And today we're gonna to talk about a topic I feel like you all have been waiting for for a very long time. But before we get started, we're gonna pray. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for this day, for this opportunity that we have to speak to your people, to share our story and our testimony. God, we pray that our listeners and our viewers would be blessed. God, that you allow this to just give them some tidbits of knowledge and wisdom and hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so what are we talking about, babe? Uh, long distance. Who's been waiting for this? Oh, everyone. Everyone. Like who? The people. Oh, they nosy. Panera really wanted to know. Oh. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of people. They could have. They could have just. You know, came. We could have. A live recording. We could have. Um, if y'all want a live recording. A one on one. See, the 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 the, <laughs> the problem is people don't know time and place. Mm. You can't be asking certain questions in certain environments. All right, all right, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> um. So we came up with some questions that we feel like people often wonder about long distance distance relationships. And a lot about like how we navigated that space. Um, so if you didn't know, we were long distance for, I try not to count, I try not to keep track, um, a year and then a gap of like not being long distance. And then it was nine months, like four years. Um, I keep count, it's part of our story. It is part of our story. I just try not to remember the number because, woo. It is a testament. So it I remember is. the number. I mean, like, y'all, let me tell y'all what's going on. Tell them. Tell them. Tell them. Yeah, I'm going to give, give y'all the quick backstory. I talk fast, so listen fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, again, we met in undergrad. Uh, 2012. Started dating around 2014. I graduated college December 2013. Uh, you finished June, May, May yeah. 2014. So then a year later, I went to Pittsburgh for graduate school. So that was 2015. So that was 2015 and 2016. So that was a year. Nine months. It was a year. It was nine months. It felt like forever. It was <laughs> nine months. I was there. Um, it felt like forever. The program was 12 months, but the last three months were online. And then there was a year of, there was a, a very good year. 2016 was a great year. I felt like Fire. everyone had a great 2016, but I'm just waiting for the next 2016. I don't um, know if we can touch that. Well, 2024 is going to be popping. Anything but. is possible. But <laughs> so between 2016, 2017, uh, there was no long distance. But then in 2017, I went to Chicago to PA school. Um, so that was a two-year program, and then you went to uh, residency in North Carolina, and then I graduated, COVID happened, so then I ended up staying in Chicago for another two years, so four years total. Yeah. So the first question that we have is, how did we each feel when the news was brought up about having to be long distance? I feel like your answer is shorter than mine. My, so yeah like i said uh i don't really remember the feeling i'm like in my mind i'm like well it happened and we're, we're past that and so for me i'm very good at recalling events but sometimes the feeling of it i don't necessarily remember because feelings are uh fleeting so it's like in that moment it may have felt something but in like looking back hindsight's 2020 so now it's just like 
what happened? Oh yeah, we finished that. We're done. So for me, it was more of a, this is part of our story. Everything comes with sacrifice. And in the moment, the sacrifice seems mm. hard. But once you've been, once you completed the sacrifice or you completed your goal and it's been years, you just look back like, wow, I really went through that. I have no recollection of what that feeling was, like what that's like. I remember doing the work, but I don't remember like, oh, mm. like, oh my God, I was in the trenches. Like, even like when I say I'll go, oh yeah, I'll go back to PA school any day. Because in my just mind, it's just Chicago. like, please, please. <laughs> in my mind, it was like, oh, please. it wasn't that bad. We got through it. But then as I'm putting together these lectures, I'm like, oh, we learned all this. I'm like, no, I'm not going bad. back. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. I thoroughly, but that's my point. Like, looking back at it, no, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh. Okay, well, <laughs> when he went to... I meant the experience of, like, being in PA school. Not oh, the no, for sure. Part. Like, I'm sure that that experience was top tier 10 out of 10. Highly recommend. And, yes, you would do it again. Just not in Probably Chicago. not. Um, I don't really remember the feeling either of the first time you went away but that's partly because I feel like we were still pretty new in our relationship as boyfriend and girlfriend like we had been friends for a few years prior to that um but when he went to Pittsburgh in my mind it's like oh it's not that far it's only like two hours y'all I did my geometry geography was not it um and I didn't realize that it was nowhere near Philly so I just knew like I would be able to go and see him and blah 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 and the day trip my parents were not having an overnight weekend experience to go see my man. Um, so unfortunately, I didn't go see him that year. But he came home for Thanksgiving. I think he came home for Christmas too or something like that. So it wasn't like the whole nine months he was gone. I never saw him at all. But <clears throat> when he went away to Chicago, I remember when he told me that that's where he was going. And I remember being very happy for him. Like I knew that he really wanted to go to PA school. And that was a long journey of like applications and interviews and stuff like that. So I was super happy for him. Um, and I try to just not pretend like he wasn't about to move to Chicago. But I remember the day that the last date we went on before he moved. And it was like the night before the car was already packed. The U-Haul was like hitched to the truck at home or something. And we went to Dave and Buster's, which is like a adult arcade, if you're not from the DMV. And um, y'all, we got back in our respective cars. And I still remember the gut wrenching, like the heartache. Like I could just feel my whole, I broke down in my car, boo hoo, sobbing. I think I called you and I was like, don't leave. Like I can't do that. I was not well. Um, and even when we were prepping for this episode and like talking about this, I remember like even then I was like, Ooh, we just, we gonna skip past it. We'll talk about it when we get there. Um, so no, yeah, it was very hard because at that point we had been dating for three years. Um, and it was very evident that this was here for a good time and a long time. Like this is my person. It was no more like, I mean, we gonna make it work. Like that's my man. Yeah. It was like, no, 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 no. That's, that's my man, my man, my man before my man, my man, my man. Um, so no, yeah, I was... I was devastated. And it's crazy because later on, we're going back to the exact same place that we were at our last date before he went away. And I was like, oof, 
full circle. I love that when we leave tonight, you're not going to Chicago in the morning. <sighs> I'm just going to make a quick side note about how good God is, y'all, because I I remember when I was going to Chicago and people were like, where are you living? Where are you staying? Mm -hmm. How are you going to get there? Do you have money? And I was just like, y'all, I have nothing but a hope and a prayer. Okay, I did have a place to live, but that took time. Um, but honestly, it was just me, a U-Haul, and my Jeep. And people was like asking all these questions. And I was like, I will work it out when I get there. Again, I just have a hope and a prayer. Yeah. And it was hard because at that time, I wasn't really able to like go with you and kind of help you get settled. One, because my parents were not having that, you know, we can experience. Um, but two, because at that point I had already started my fourth year of pharmacy school. And so I had acute care rotations at the hospital every day. I had to be there at like seven, seven thirty in the morning going on rounds and all of that. So it was like, I had to, I had projects and stuff that I had to work on and being in school, like you said, there were sacrifices that had to be made and we'll get into this a little bit later, but keeping in mind what the whole point of this was like getting our education following our dreams and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, that was a real sacrifice that it grew us a lot mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, like part of the reason why I would probably like, I don't really remember it because I am, uh, like my story, like I had to like get certain things out of the mud. So for me, like life has always been about sacrifice. So for me, it's a, well, this is what we're doing and it, it's going to be okay. And when we get to the finish line, I'll be back home and it'll be like it never happened. And it has been. Yeah. Um, so number two, getting spicy real quick. How do you navigate or have you ever been tempted to cheat? And what does that look like? What does that mean, et cetera? All right. And so for me, I was like, well, first, let's define cheating. Uh, not necessarily because I don't have a good definition, but I feel other people who may be in a similar boat would be, well, is that really cheating? Or I didn't cheat. I didn't do this, this or this. So we just want to break it down and make it very clear, like what the definition of cheating would be or what constitutes cheating and all the things it encompasses. encompasses. Mm -hmm. that was right. um so sex duh i would say like physical things emotional there's physical cheating there's emotional cheating there is social cheating which kind of falls under that emotional cheating what's social cheating sliding in their dms okay mm -hmm. like we don't we don't even see each other we don't even talk like we don't see each other in person um, and it could be via text message, it can be on social media, it can be any sort of social or, I guess, like technology media platform. Um, but the overarching definition that we kind of came up with is anything that will elicit an emotional bond, attachment, response, or reaction if you did the same thing with your partner and vice versa. So, for example, if he slid in my DMs and he was like, hey, cutie, and I'd be like... Like, don't do that to another girl because, yeah, and vice versa. So, like, if I, what really does it for you? Well, no, you had a different definition of vice versa. Oh, okay. Well, if the opposite was true, if I slid to his DMs, like, hey, handsome, like, I wouldn't do that to somebody else that wasn't my man also. But... 
For example, I really like to hold his hand in the car while he's driving. And he's kind of like, I mean, all right. But like, if he knows that that really does it for me to hold hands in the car while we're driving, then I would feel like he was cheating if he did the same thing with another woman in the car. Even though it doesn't do anything for him per se, because it like, that gives me all the warms and the fuzzies and the cozies and the cuddlies. Um, so like, that's our thing. Don't do that with somebody else because that's our thing. So like any version of any of those things, um, we would constitute as cheating or towing the line. Got it. See, my thing with the vice versa, no, I get what you're saying. I don't have a comeback for that. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's cheating. All of it. All right. So, you know, the thing with uh, long distance relationships is it always that thought in the back of your head is this person cheating are they gonna cheat why are they not picking up my phone calls or why are they not paying attention to me oh they must be cheating or they're entertaining someone else which all leads to cheating and so it all comes back to how do you trust your uh person to be in a long distance relationship and not worry about the cheating factor and it goes back to episode three or episode four find somebody who doesn't want to cheat Ooh. because people go on people and no long distance or not if somebody wants to cheat they're going to cheat exactly so exactly. the only way to like <laughs> circumvent that is find somebody who doesn't want to cheat Y'all could live 10 minutes down the road. If they going, if they want to cheat, they going to cheat. Yikes, yikes. <laughs> um, I know personally for me, um, and we talked about this in the last episode, is setting up those guardrails. So how, do you, how are you keep, keeping yourself accountable? But who are the people in your lives that are keeping you accountable? So I went to Chicago. I'm in school. I'm meeting all these new people, new classmates. And honestly, they all knew about her before she knew about them. So when she did come and visit, <laughs> they spotted her from a distance. Like, oh my God, it's so great to meet you. I heard like, such great things. And she's like, I have no idea who you are. So it's just like, they were there to like keep me accountable because they knew who she was. So it's like, if anything was to pop up, it's like, what's going on? What about Lish? Mm -hmm. like you just go and they don't even like really know her they just know of her they're like oh so th this is the type of time we on so <laughs> they they wouldn't even allow me to do that so having people who keep you accountable is number one um and number two for my classmates it was a it was a rough time for them in that year like people were getting cheated on uh, a lot of relationships lost so the idea of cheating was very sensitive for them so they're not going to let anybody in their circle cheat. For me, the, the second year of dating when he was in Pittsburgh was kind of the same thing for me. Like I was in school at that point. My friends knew about him as well. And it was kind of like, oh, what's he going to say? Like, oh, this is really what you're about to do? Like, but that was a non-factor. Um, and then fourth year... Of pharmacy school while he was his first year in Chicago at that point we had built a much bigger bond where it was like accountability or not I would literally have been a fool to cheat like that just would have been squandering the whole 
thing. Um, they don't make them like my man, and I knew that. So who else? I'm, who am I gonna find? What I'm gonna do? No, thank you. Um, and then, of course, like based on my own morals, like if if I had, I would have just been so uncomfortable. I would have felt, you know, so guilty and bad, blah, blah, blah. That it's like, I wouldn't have been able to live with myself if I did. So it was just like, I can't even come up with the idea or the thought to try. Like there's, that was just, a, again, a non-factor. Um, but one thing that a lot of people found very shocking about me being okay with being long distance was that they they were never concerned if I was going to cheat on him. People were always concerned, well, how do you know that he's not cheating on you? And I didn't really get the whole, like, find somebody who doesn't want to cheat at the time. It was just like, one, you have to be secure in the relationship that you have. Again, long distance or not, you have to be secure in where you're at, who you're with, do you trust them or not? Um, but two, he never gave me a reason to believe that he was cheating. And it would not have been fair for me to always live in this mindset of, oh, he not answering my phone call. He's probably cheating without having any. He was asleep. He was asleep and or like at work or still at school or something like that. Um, but he will often like if he didn't text me back right away, when he did text me back or when he did call me back, he would come with an explanation, not because you know, he knew I was going to Kirk if he didn't give me one or anything like that. But out of respect for the relationship, like, oh, hey, sorry, I ended up staying later at work than expected. Or, you know, my bad, I'm studying for this exam, that's tomorrow, that kind of thing. Um, and then recognizing, like, we were both in school in very rigorous programs in the healthcare field. So, like, I understand what it's like to be in class all day and then have to study in the evening and take a nap in between and find something to eat. And you're with a group of friends, so you can't really be on the phone. But also, I'm studying, so I can't really be on... Like, I get it. And he gets it, too. So there was this mutual understanding of how we could and could not spend our time during the day. Um, yeah. But like if I was insecure about our relationship or anything like that, it it would have definitely led to, oh my God, he's cheating on me. But uh, also cheating is a successfully cheating is a lot of work. And too I'm too much. lazy. <laughs> like anybody would I'm not putting in that much time. Mm, it is a lot of work. It is a lot to of cover, work. Like, lying. It's really just lying. And like when you say successfully cheating, that's essentially lying. And lying is a lot of work to like cover up your tracks and make sure that you know paths don't cross and blah blah blah. I don't got time. This for that. alibi, that alibi. Mm -hmm. You gotta train your friends on what mm -hmm. to say. Mm -hmm. uh, make sure them. there's no discriminating <laughs> evidence. Um, it, it's just a lot of work. And anybody would, I'm not putting in that much time for something like that. If I was that kind of person. But I'm not. I mean, I have morals and values. I was raised properly. But despite all that, it's just like, I'm not putting in that kind of work. Like, I was in class from 8 to 5. Anybody will tell you between 5 and it was, a, it was initially 5 to 9. I was taking a nap. People call it sleep, I guess. But I learned to cut that down to 5 to 7.30. <laughs> and then I got back up at 9.30 and it was time to study. And, you know, I used to study till like 2 in the morning, but... As I got to the end of the program, it was, if I don't know it by midnight, I just won't know it. Yeah. Um, so to put some Bible on all of that before we move on, 
Philippians 4.11. And this is the Passion Translation. I got my translations together today, y'all. Uh, but the second half of it says, I have learned to be satisfied in any circumstance. And so because we knew what the end goal was, it was like, okay, like you said, this is part of our story. And if it means that we have to be long distance, okay, you know, um, but being content with the situation, like I didn't harp on, oh my gosh, I can't believe he left me. I can't believe he went away to Chicago. Like, what am I saying? I can't believe he went to go follow his dreams that we've been talking about for years. No. Um, so being satisfied with the situation, being satisfied with the person that I'm with, like, this was my person. And if that means that we're 12 hours away in two different time zones, okay. Um, so just. It was only an hour apart. It wasn't bad. It was only an hour apart, but I couldn't drive there. The the time zones was an hour apart. Um, yeah. You absolutely could drive there. I made that trip back and you would lose a day, but. I made that trip uh, to and from multiple times. I don't even like to drive. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, it goes back to being understanding. So there was this meme on Instagram. I don't remember exactly what it says, but it was something to the effect of why haven't you left healthcare?" And the answer mm. was, I have no other like marketable skills. And I was like... Yeah, if I wasn't in healthcare, I don't know what else I could be doing right now. So it's about understanding that, okay, if he doesn't go into this program, then what kind of man would I be left with? Ooh. Like, am I going to be met, uh, left with this man who uh, is a pharmacy tech making $14 an hour, which mm. is nothing, I mean, which is not bad, but I mean, making $14 an hour and then bettering yourself to make what healthcare workers make. Yeah. Because then what does that say about you? Like, oh, he stopped following his dreams because I I threw a fit. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of maturity that you have to have to be in long distance. And then some people will say, well, why didn't he go to a school in Maryland? Uh, at the time, there were only two PA schools in Maryland. There was three, but the one lost their uh, accreditation. Yes. So there was two. I applied to the one did not get in. The other one I did not apply to because they wanted another prerequisite. So mm -hmm. anybody who has applied to PA school or who want to go to PA school, they know that at the end of the day, especially depending on where your grades, you got to get in where you fit in. And I got into Chicago. Um, but also I just understood, now I can understand, again, hindsight is twenty twenty that that was God ordering my steps because of the people I met. But more importantly, mm -hmm. had I gone to a school in Maryland, I don't think I would be the person I am today because when you're, when you live in Baltimore, like people don't get out of Baltimore. So Woo. you don't even know that, that people are out there living a whole different way. Like I learned so much just by living in another city, but more importantly, it was, I don't think I would have successfully got through school living at home. Like in Chicago, there were no distractions and not saying that she was a distraction. I meant more like family. There were no distractions. So the no only guilt thing, tripping. no guilt tripping, <laughs> like no, take me here, take me there. Like the only thing I had to focus on was school. And I feel like that made me uh, more successful. Yeah. So speaking of being in Chicago, what did visiting or not visiting look like? What did those... Um, times together look like 
So <laughs> I moved to Chicago in May, and the first time you visited was September. End of September, and I was just like, "Oh my God, let me show you all the cool things that I got to do in the five, nine, four months I've been living here." Yeah. May was five, September's nine. So yeah. in the four months that I've been living <laughs> here, and so I remember our uh, first adventure in Chicago together. Like we did the whole city in a day. Everything. All I mean, all the touristy stuff. So mm -hmm. we saw the Bean, Willis Tower, got all the good food. That Birmingham. Uh, oh, Buckingham Palace. Buckingham Palace. Mm -hmm. The water fountain. Yes. Oh, it was just so nice. Um, and we was everywhere. North side, south side. I was like, how did we even see so much of the city in less than 24 hours? But um, it was a weekend trip. So it was like, we only really had a day. And it's just like, all right, we're going to do it all in a day. And I think it was like Friday night. So by the time we got there, it was no time to like explore. We had all day Saturday. And then the morning of Sunday, I just had to come back because I was still in school on rotations. It had to be there bright and early on Monday. Um... We had quite a few weekend, you know, just come. And it wasn't even about like, oh, y'all trying to do this. Y'all trying to do that. It's like, no, we're trying to maintain a relationship that we had, that we saw value in, um, that we understood if we want this to continue to work, there are going to have to be some things that we're going to have to do. And I think at that point is when we recognize the value of having guardrails in place for us from an emotional, physical standpoint. Um, and I would say, I think the longest we went without seeing each other was probably knocking on six months door. I remember there being a time like, it's been too long. We need to figure it out. Like if it's money, whoever needs to send somebody, whatever we gotta do. Neither one of us was working. And that's why it had been so long. <laughs> but nonetheless, because I remember by that point, I think I was in already in North Carolina and I'm like studying for my boards over the summer. I moved from Maryland to North Carolina after graduation. I had two board exams to take. I had to take those and pass so that I could keep my residency. My grandfather passed away in that time frame that I had to extend when I took my board, my second board exam. And it was just like, there was so much going on. Um, and I think by then, you were in rotations at... Were you in rotations when I was in North Carolina? Yeah, because I was. that was your second year of school was my year of residency. But I'm trying to remember where was this six months at. From like graduation until after I got past my boards. From the time I graduated or the time you graduated? From the time I graduated. I graduated in May. I, I, I got my license in September. And I don't think we saw each other until November. So however long that is. That's six months. Yeah. And it was like, we got to figure something out. Like, whatever it is that we got to do, we got to make it happen. Um, and I did my best. I think I did a pretty good job. But I did my best not to, like, throw, you know, fits and stuff like that. Like, oh, my gosh, I haven't seen you and I can't believe and da-da-da-da-da. Um, but being human... Being a woman, being a woman in love, there were probably times where I was like, if you don't come see me or I don't come see you, it's going to be a problem and I had an attitude. And I'm pretty sure I had an attitude at some points, but I did my best. I did my best. I tried really hard. 
um <laughs> but as we got like as i got into my field a wise man knows when to stay quiet all right all right <laughs> as <laughs> as i got into my field um and did have the chance to actually start to make more money and like save money and put it aside i was able to kind of manage like visits a lot better um a little bit more frequently there were times where he couldn't come home for the holidays because he was he was in an accelerated program and like i had to learn to be okay with that there was a thanksgiving that was COVID. i was already graduated by then oh once residency ended COVID was not that far after and it kind of all let's say i was home for every holiday put some respect on my name my name my name my name um, but yeah. So what did we do during those times of pride? Like, how did we manage being so far away for so long? Uh, prioritize. So we made time for each other. So aside from the visiting, there was a lot of phone calls. So, and even if it wasn't, I don't think there was a, a day we didn't necessarily speak, but if it was, it was definitely like a whole story page of text messages. Yeah. A lot of communication. Um, and I think... One thing that I really appreciate about us being long distance was that it forced us to learn each other from a mental and emotional standpoint. Um, it forced us to be a lot more intentional with what we did as it pertains to conversation, you know, making sure that you share your day so that, you know, when we do see each other two months away, three months away or whatever, it's not like, oh, I had no idea that this happened. You never told me about this. Um, I, it felt like when we got back together that no time had passed because we did do a lot of communication. And it's sort of like building the groundwork for later on because now sharing mm -hmm. our day is like second second nature. It's like, let me tell you what they did today. <laughs> and then it's just like, she'll tell a story, I'll tell a story. And like, we don't even know who we talking about. We know the names. I'm like, I don't know who um, Paul is, but I can't identify him by face. But as soon as the story starts, I'll be like, is this Paul again? <laughs> yeah, you be pulling names. I'm like, dang, you remember that? I love that. Um, and so the way I think about it is that us being long distance and, you know, really forcing us to build those communication skills is similar to like how blind people have to rely on their hearing senses a lot more to survive because that's that hearing sense becomes heightened because they need to use that to kind of make up for the inability to see. And that's kind of the same thing that we had to do. Like we had to use different ways to stay connected to kind of compensate for not being physically connected. Um, and if we wanted our relationship to survive, we did what we had to do and that's what we had to do. And I was happy to do it. He made it easy too. Not, Long distance relationships are never going to be easy. They do take effort, work, time, and attention. But it wasn't, like we said, It was. I never felt like, oh, he don't have time for me. He not picking up. He not texting me back. I never felt like that either and vice versa. So it didn't feel like hard work, but it was still work and intentionality behind all of that. Absolutely. Um, and again, it's about prioritizing and making time for what you want to make time for. Uh, and sometimes a conversation needs to be had because I feel mm -hmm. as though sometimes people don't, it's not that they don't want to make time. You know, pe you hear the phrase, oh, people make time for what they want to make time for. 
it's not always a situation of they don't want to make time. Some people can't see all the time that they have or see the time in their day. All they see is, I got to do this, I got to do that, I got to do this. And now you five hours have went by and you haven't checked in on your person. So sometimes it's just a matter of let's reset, let's refocus and, you know, get our priorities straight. Because sometimes you just don't see unless you structure your day out. And like sharing those expectations, you know, so like you said, if you don't see that what that time looks like, sometimes it's as easy as, hey, babe, I know you got a long day today. Can you just let me know when you get home, you know, or, you know, call me while you're cooking dinner or something like that. And then you kind of show them the time that they actually do have because it's like, OK, well, you got to eat. Even if it's you went to the store to pick up Chipotle and came back home, if it's 10 minutes to get there, 10 minutes in line and 10 minutes to drive back. That's at least a 25-minute conversation if you have manners and you don't place your food order while you're trying to be on the phone at the same time and pay because that's... Anyway. Um, but that's 25 minutes right there of one-on-one -on -one -on -one conversation that doesn't have the gaps in between texting. You know, you text me, okay, I text you back two minutes later. You text me back 10 minutes later. You know, so kind of showing people those kind of things. And I think now we still do that, even though we do see each other a lot more of the driving from one place to the other when we get off work. That ride home has now become like the start of sharing our day. And I'm sure that when we get married, we might cherish that ride home and be quiet um, because I'm going to see you when I get in the house and then I can start that time there. But right now, he's going to get in his house by himself and I'm going to get into my house by myself. So I'm going to be talking to my man as often as possible because I love him. <laughs> um, so what would you say made long distance easy? Like what's one thing you think made long distance easy and what's one thing you think made long distance hard? Y'all know I can't do one thing. Okay, well, you know. Um, what else so you definitely the constant communication makes it easier because, again, when you're constantly in communication, it's going to... Um, make it seem like no time has passed. It's like, oh, we just picking right up where we left off because I know what's going on in your life. You know what's going on in my life. But I think another thing that makes it easier is beginning with the end in mind. So mm. if you already mm. know like, okay, this is our end goal, then that time apart is gonna feel, it's gonna feel long in the process, but once it's over, it's gonna feel like nothing. So just keeping, uh, being cognizant of what your goals are. It's like, okay, this is just for a season. And when this season is over, we'll be right back together. But in every season, there is a storm. So you got to make sure that you're actually working and putting forth the effort and being intentional. I would agree. Beginning with the end in mind definitely made it easier for me. Um, especially like that first, that first set of long distance was easy because I knew that it was only a year, nine months. Um, and I knew that, okay, well, by the time I finish my second year of pharmacy school, he'll be back, blah, blah, blah. Um, PA school was a little bit more difficult because it was longer um, before we even knew about the pandemic. So that, um, because I remember the day when I was there for graduation and it wasn't even the pandemic yet, but when he told me that he was going to have to stay an extra year or just longer than like he's not coming home, you know, a week or two weeks after graduation because he still needed to get his license. And I understood that concept. He needed to get his license. He needed to get a job. He needed to 
get enough money. Like you said, we weren't really working a lot in school. So get enough money to be able to move back home, have a place to live when you get here, blah, blah, blah. And I remember being in the car like, oh, I mean, yeah, that makes sense, but okay. And then the pandemic hit and I was just like, okay, the end in mind just keeps getting further and further that's and further storm. away. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, mm, now that storm, I did not have the best attitude and I recognize and acknowledge that. Um, but separate from the pandemic, beginning of the end in mind definitely helped to make it easier. Um, and then just being with somebody that I knew I could trust where it was like, okay, well, I know that he's going to do whatever it takes to kind of put in the same amount of effort into this relationship. I knew that whenever I went to go visit, all I had to do was get myself there and back. Like, I just paid for my ticket round trip, and I was finding tickets for under $100, okay? Um, but get that ticket round trip, and he, I knew that he was going to take care of everything else, picking me up, dropping me off, the food, the excursions, or whatever the activities that we were going to do. And it was like, okay, well, I just have to get there and get back. And then I don't have to really worry about anything. And that goes back to what does a woman look for in a man? Security, protection, things like that. Um, we made it hard. I would say the distance, because it wasn't like a, a new, well, New York is far. It wasn't like a Philly or Upper Virginia where it's just like, oh, it's two hours away. Like this was, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, two hour plane ride, but not all the plane rides were cheap or a 10 to 12 hour drive. You couldn't just hop in your car on a light weekend or something like that. Mm, Cause you would lose a whole day just driving. Yeah. And I made that drive back a lot of times, uh, especially in situations where it was, I just started working, so I don't necessarily have the funds for a plane ticket. And then there was COVID. So it's like, oh, I'm not going on a plane. Yeah. And mm. I know now it might seem, it may seem like it wasn't a big deal, but when COVID started, nobody knew what was going on. People were dying left and right. And it being in healthcare, like, like we were seeing healthcare, it. So like, seeing it, it was like, you. nope. No, nope, not happening. I will be in my car quarantining. Sacrifice. Wait, no, isolated. <laughs> I will be isolated in Ooh. my car. Um, For me, because physical touch is my number one love language. And again, physical touch doesn't always, as a love language, doesn't always have to equate to sex. Um, but it wasn't me like being able to lean up on him and cuddle with him and hold his hand in the car and being able to hug him after a long day. Like that for me was difficult. And that would have been the case, whether it was New York, Chicago, California, like once I have to get on a plane or I have to drive more than three hours, I really have a three hour tolerance for being in the car. I don't like driving. I don't really prefer to be transported by car. Um, so once it was beyond a three hour drive. It was, mm. and I love road trips. Y'all pray for us. Yeah, pray for us because I mean, I mean, I love road trips conceptually, and at about two hours and 25, 30 minutes, I'm like, oh my god, I'm one of those. Are we there yet? Can we take a break? I need to get out of this car. Can we? I'm bored. I need and, something to do. And I'm the like, no, we gotta go. Full speed ahead. Stopping <laughs> until we get here. But no, you got to do like a legit road trip where you actually like stop places, take the scenic route, especially on the, the West Coast, because that's where you are going to 
actually see like the beauty of taking a road trip. Pray for us, y'all. We'll do it. I will. Deserts do it. are really beautiful. I will do it because it's with you. One day. But like, if a random, if a group of friends was like, "Oh, you want a road trip?" Depends on the group of friends. Ah, uh, can y'all pick me up from the airport when y'all get where we going? Cause <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, not being able to like be all up on my man that was difficult. And because I knew I would have been a fool to like try to get that from somebody else. And it doesn't, it doesn't really hit like it's supposed to when you, tr when you get hugs from people that aren't your person. Like, even though like my mom and dad still give me hugs. Cause again, physical touch, my friends, I'm a hugger. Okay. But it did, it wasn't the same as like being able to hug your man. Top tier, 10 out of 10. Love that. Um, so not being able to do that for chunks of time at a time was hard, but knowing, okay, but it's not going to be like this forever. And there will be a day where I'm going to be able to hug him as often as I want. Sometimes he'd be like, all right, all right. Cause I'm, we can hug for 20 minutes and I'll be perfectly content with that. Meanwhile, <laughs> we need to leave. And it's just like, we going, we going to go towards the door. <laughs> Like we're like, gonna be late. We are, they be we already. already late. <laughs> um, so who is the best candidate for long distance, or like is it just for anybody? I, I don't think it's just for anybody. I don't week. really know who would be the best candidate, but I would say people who have the right mindset, those who are gonna mm. begin with the end in mind, understand what their goal is, be prepared for it. Ooh. And you can never fully prepare, but have those um, have those tools set up for when it's like, oh, I didn't prepare for this. No, I did prepare for this. And this is what I'm going to do to help get me through this. Um, and then people who are going to approach it with intentionality. If you don't approach it with intentionality, mm. it's not going to succeed. Mm. Oh, and people who are new in their relationship. Yeah, that's the one I was going to say. Um, and then high school people who are graduated and about to go to different colleges. Ooh. But that kind of that kind of falls into the new... No, they could have been dating since ninth, ninth grade. And a 14-year-old to 17, 18-year-old relationship holds a different level of weight. It does, because... but it's not for them. Right, because long-distance relationships take a level of maturity that... At 16, 17, 18, 19, you don't really, most people, I'll say that, most people don't really have that level of maturity at that age. Um, by the time we started being long distance, we were, I was 23 or 24 or so, and that was just for the nine months. And then I was 26, 25 or 26, um, the second, the second longer stretch. You were 25. Well, I graduated at 25, which means that when you left, I was 24, about to turn 25. Because I was turning 26 going into residency. And even that was kind but of. But I left at 26, so you had to be 25. Because your birthday had already come. Right. Oh, 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 oh. Listen to the man. Had a household. Amen. Um, I would say as it as it pertains to new relationships like because we were friends before we even started dating i think that also contributed to the success of us being able to handle manage navigate being long distance 
Um, we were friends before we started dating. We had been dating for at least a year before he left the first time. And by the time he left again, we had been dating for three years. We had been friends for two. So we had been in relation for five years prior to this four year stint of being apart. Um, so like having, you have to have enough of a foundation, I feel like to be long distance. Um, so you got to build that relationship on rocks. Got it. Ooh, come on. Let me, let me, um, please hold. Mm, well, I don't know my Bible the way I want to know my Bible right now. <laughs> Just Google the scripture about the person who built their house on a rock versus the person who built it on sand. Ah, Matthew 7. Matthew 7 something. But the takeaway, like, even though the Bible references a, a house, it's like if you build your relationship on sand, then when the storm comes, you're going to be washed away. You're going to crumble. You're going to go down that mountain. And actually, in our next episode, we'll spend a little bit more time talking about, like, what does a relationship on sand look like versus a relationship on a house or a rock? And, like, how to get that Christ at the center for that foundation? What does that look like? So, yeah, keep your goals in mind. If you choose or if you find yourself in a position where long distance is on the horizon, I don't recommend it, but I definitely think we grew a lot as a result, both individually and as a couple. Um, take that time to grow. Definitely take that time to grow. And I will say pray about it. I don't think I prayed about it because the decision had already been made. Um, but I prayed through it for sure. Well, pray about the situation surrounding long distance. So if you're in a situation where, oh, this person has, uh, like this person has a job that would take them away for like six months. So y'all would be long distance. Like pray about, okay, is this job for me? Is this school mm. for me? Like I already knew that PA school was for me because I prayed for a whole year. I fasted and everything. So I already had my answer there. But when you are in a situation where like the other person is like not in agreement, um, and they are trying to hold you back, like pray about the situation because if you're not married, I wouldn't necessarily tell you to sacrifice what's for you for a relationship because that relationship might've been for a season and now that season's up. But that's not my story. Sorry, y'all. But I just don't want people to be in a situation where they gave up everything or didn't, they didn't maximize what God had for them. Shout out to you, Pastor Stephen. Mm. They didn't maximize what God had for them because of a relationship. Yeah. So that's why I say pray about it. In all things, pray about it. Philippians 4, 6. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. I need to see my man. And thank him for all he has done. God, thank you for this very healthy relationship nonetheless. Like, that's the practical way of how I had to apply the Bible. Because it was like, don't worry about it. God is working this out in your favor, in both of y'all's favor. Tell God what you need. God knew. God knew. God knew. But like expressing that my griefs and concerns to God first, because I'm I know I gave him an earful. Um, expressing my needs and griefs to God first, and then living from a place of gratitude 
I would say that's probably definitely something else that made it easy. Like living from a place of gratitude, being grateful for a man that was willing to enable, because sometimes people want to and they can't, um, willing to enable to communicate, um, willing and able to do whatever needs to be done to maintain that relationship, willing and able to be honest, to be transparent, to be faithful and consistent and committed. Like if I tried to pretend like none of that had happened and just dwelled on he's gone, he's so far away, I haven't seen him and blah, 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 I would have made myself miserable as if there was nothing else good about the relationship. So. And then it was also a time to focus on yourself. Like, I need to get through pharmacy school. I need to get to re through residency. I need to do this law exam. Like, and it was an individual period of growth for Oof. both of us. Mm. Um, yeah, that's good. I try, I try. Well, thank you guys for checking in. Uh, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. Send us all your emails, questions, comments, and prayer requests to absolutelymacaulay at gmail.com. And we will pray out. Dear God, thank you so much for this time. God, we thank you that our testimony has not been in vain, that our sacrifices have not been in vain. God, we thank you for every life, every relationship, every couple, every marriage that is going to be changed by our story. God, thank you for using us and choosing us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bye. Peace out, y'all. are cuffed and corded. <laughs> okay, when the lights come on, we perform. <laughs> <laughs>